Have you ever said to yourself, if only I had been there with Jesus, then I'd be so much stronger as a Christian. If only I'd been there when Jesus healed the sick, what, what great faith I'd have. If only I'd been there and walked on water with him. You know, what, what boldness I'd have to serve Jesus. If only I'd been there when he explained the scriptures, what insight I'd have. If only I'd been there when Jesus rose from the dead, you know, what, what certainty I'd know in my Christian life. And if only I'd have Jesus appear to me in my bedroom at night, I'd be a powerhouse for God. There'd be no holding me back. Have you ever thought things like that? Well, I admit I have. The problem with all of that is it's not true. Experiencing all of those things firsthand would not make you the Christian you want to be or that God wants you to be. How do I know that? Because Jesus' closest friends, his apostles, experienced all those things. They were there when Jesus healed the sick. They experienced his miracles. They heard him explain the scriptures. They saw him risen from the dead and had him appear directly to them. But Jesus told them, you're not ready. Wait. You need what my father promised. Wait until you are clothed with power from on high. You see, believing in Jesus isn't enough to enable us to live the life God intends for us. Even seeing Jesus face to face wouldn't be enough. We need the promised Holy Spirit. Today is the day of Pentecost, the day the Holy Spirit came in power on those first followers of Jesus. Pentecost means 50th, and Pentecost was the Jewish Spring Harvest Festival observed 50 days after the Passover. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples here and there throughout Israel for 40 days. Then on the 40th day, he ascended to heaven. He rose out of their sight and did not appear to them again. He ascended, not because heaven is literally up there, but because it communicated to his followers that he was leaving for good. He was returning to his Father in heaven. If he'd simply disappeared one more time, they would have been left wondering, when do you think he's coming back? Or, anybody seen him today? (laughs) But because he left in such a different and dramatic way, he left no doubt in his followers' minds that this was his final farewell. But he didn't leave his followers on their own. He told them the night before he died that he would send them a helper In fact, he said they'd actually be better off without him and with the helper. He said, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's John chapter 16, verse 7. The helper whom Jesus promised to send is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. As we say in the Nicene Creed, he is the Lord, the giver of life. The Holy Spirit is the personal, moral, active, powerful Lord God, present in the world and present within the Christian. Some think of the Holy Spirit as an impersonal force, like the force in Star Wars. But the Holy Spirit is not like the force. The force is said to have a light side and a what? 
a dark side. But in God, the Bible says, there is no darkness at all. And the force is impersonal, like a magnetic field. But the Holy Spirit is personal. We can know the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can experience intimacy with God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once, working through each and every Christian. When God became human in Jesus Christ, he was limited to being in one place at a time. When Jesus was in Bethlehem, he wasn't in Nazareth. When Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee, he wasn't in Jerusalem. When Jesus was on earth, only a few people at a time could encounter him. As your bishop, I'm privileged to come here to visit only one Sunday a year. With nearly 400,000 churches in America alone, how often do you think Jesus would visit the false church Anglican if he were still walking the earth? That's one reason Jesus said it is to our advantage that he return to the Father in heaven and send the Holy Spirit to be with each of us. The Holy Spirit is the personal, moral, active, powerful Lord God, present in the world and within the Christian. The Bible shows us the many wonderful things the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us in the lives of others. Here are some of them. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, showing us where we've fallen short of what God desires for us so that we can turn and be forgiven. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus, helping us to understand that Jesus is the Son of God so that we can confess Jesus as our Lord and become a Christian. The Holy Spirit unites us to Christ and makes us a member of the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us confidence that we belong to Christ and assurance that we'll be with him for all eternity. The Holy Spirit teaches us the truth particularly by illuminating the Bible as we read it. Since the Holy Spirit inspired the biblical writers and what they wrote, having the author living within us, helping us to understand, that's a marvelous thing. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in us, making us more like Jesus, changing our character to be more Christ-like, bringing forth in us what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, supernatural abilities to enable us to do whatever God wants us to do. Gifts like teaching and administration and healing and serving and miracles and wisdom. The Holy Spirit equips us to tell others about Jesus, to the witness to the transformation he's done in our life so that others can be drawn to Christ as well. And the Holy Spirit helps us to pray, guiding us in how to pray, empowering our weak prayers so that God will accomplish in us his purposes. All of these things the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us in the lives of others. Now, all Christians have the Holy Spirit, but we still need the Holy Spirit. All Christians are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but we're also to be filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. That means if you've given your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. But there's more. There's more power to enable us to live the life we long to live. 
there's more power to enable us to triumph over adversity and temptation. There's more power to enable us to reach out and make a difference in the world around us. As we heard in our gospel reading in John chapter 20, after Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to his disciples on Easter night, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But Jesus didn't immediately send them out to tell the amazing news that he was alive. Well, Jesus knew that first they needed the Holy Spirit to fill them and empower them. So Jesus told them, wait, there's more. And don't leave town without it. Actually, that's a paraphrase. What, what Jesus said was, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That's Luke 24, verse 49. And then the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost, came like a mighty rushing wind, filling them and empowering them. My bishop's cross has on it a dove, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And on that dove is a small stone. It's an amethyst. Many bishops have an amethyst on their bishop's ring. Do you know why bishops wear an amethyst? Because amethyst is Greek for not drunk. It's what the apostle Peter said at the very start of the very first Christian sermon. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> the amethyst is a reminder that bishops are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so are you. We read that the Holy Spirit came on the disciples in Acts chapter 2, but then turned the page to Acts chapter 4, and it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Turn the page again, and we read that when they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They were filled and filled and filled again. All Christians have the Holy Spirit, but all Christians need the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled again and again because, as many have pointed out, apparently we leak. <laughs> this all rings so true to me out of my own experience because I was one of those breathed-on Holy Spirit Christians. Definitely not a mighty rushing wind sort of, holy Christ, a sort of Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I had Christian parents who showed me the love of Jesus when I was a very young boy. And I knew that I belonged to Jesus, and I wanted to live for him and serve him. But the church I grew up in never taught me about the Holy Spirit. And I really wasn't taught the scriptures as I should have been. So I didn't know the truth about life in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't until I was ordained and came to Virginia that I really met people who were living and walking in the Spirit. People who introduced me to the reality and presence and life of the Holy Spirit. And by God's grace, he brought me to the place where I was prepared to kneel and ask a wonderful woman that I knew and respected to pray for me, to be filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It changed my life and it changed my ministry. At that point, I'd been ordained for four years. And as much as I yearned for people to come to Christ, I didn't know of anyone who had come to Christ through anything I'd said or done. 
But when I surrendered afresh to him and God touched me and filled me with the Holy Spirit, things began to change. And although I didn't know anymore and nothing was different outwardly, the Lord began to work in new and deeper ways. People entirely uninvited started coming into my tiny office on their own, fall on their knees and ask to give their life to the Lord. I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, but the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit changed everything for me. The Holy Spirit gave me a deeper intimacy with Jesus, renewed love of the Bible, fresh passion for worship, greater joy and meaning in prayer, unexpected delight in serving others. This was the Holy Spirit at work, strengthening me in my inner being so that Christ could work through me. I've come to love the Holy Spirit, and I love all that the Holy Spirit desires to do. Friends, you are called to follow Jesus, and that means you're called to serve in your job and love your family and share your faith and work for justice. You're called to reach out to your neighborhood and beyond with the transforming love of Jesus Christ. But don't you dare think for a minute that you can do it without the fullness of the Holy Spirit. As John Stott has put it, without the Holy Spirit, Christian discipleship would be inconceivable, even impossible. There can be no life without the life giver, no understanding without the spirit of truth, no fellowship without the unity of the spirit, no Christ-likeness of character apart from his fruit, no effective witness without his power. Our loving God will give us everything we need to do what he wants us to do, but we need to ask him for it because we don't always get what we need from God, but we do get what we admit we need from God. The biggest obstacles to our receiving from God are our pride and our refusal to give up control of our lives. The Lord wants to help us, but we have to be willing to ask. God yearns for us to say to him, Lord, fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit so that I can follow Jesus faithfully. In just a few minutes, I'm gonna pray specifically for those being confirmed or received praying for them to be strengthened and empowered by the Holy Spirit. But I invite all of us to pray as well, perhaps as we come to receive Holy Communion or by going to the prayer teams and asking them to pray for us or in our own time alone with the Lord, to ask for the Holy Spirit to touch us in a new and fresh and deeper way. All Christians have the Holy Spirit and yet there is always more of God's goodness available to us as the Holy Spirit comes in power. As Jesus promised, if even you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray. Gracious God, you know our hearts and you know our need better than we know ourselves. By your grace, open us today and every day to the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Convict us and turn us back to you. Change us and make us more like Jesus. Fill us and empower us to live for you. 
that we might glorify you as we serve those around us. Fill us and use us, we pray, for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.